0: about my two favorite subjects, and that is the gospel, and what is the gospel is that it is God's grace given to us, the cross, the resurrection, and I get to talk about this today, and I'm excited to talk about this, but we are coming into a series of epistles that aren't very long, uh, Galatians is five chapters long, Ephesians is six chapters long, I think Colossians is three chapters Long. And did you know that there is that when these letters were written, they were expected to be read in the churches? Like you sit down and you read the letter, and then you take time to discuss it. Well, I can't read all of Galatians today because if I did, then we would say amen and we'd go home because it's a good chunk. But I am going to read a large section of Galatians, and I want you just a hill. Paul's message to you. This is Paul's message to you this morning that I'm reading on his behalf. Paul is writing to you this morning. The Spirit of God is talking to you through the book of Galatians this morning. And and the, the main thing of Galatians is to stand in the grace of God. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited, undeserved favor to have a relationship with me, to forgive me of all my sins, <laughs> to put me in right standing with God. That, that, that's what grace does. The action of that is justification, which will come up in there. You are justified. And then the second thing you need to know is grace. Oh, grace is beautiful because grace is God's power, God's strength, God's transformation power walking in me to help me in my time of need to help me with my sin, to help me with the physical ailments that I'm dealing with, to help me with my temptation, that is grace. That's why it says, let us come boldly before the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. So as you hear this sermon from Paul, and that's really what mainly it's going to be, is a sermon from Paul. But I'll make some comments at the end. I want you to hear the call to stand in the work of Christ. Not in your own merit. Not based on your own actions. But in the work of Christ. Stand in God's grace. Let's start. Galatians 1. 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you. Who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of God and our God and Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The grace. He's delivered us. Jump down to verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach gospel contrary to the one that's been preached to you let him be accursed and we have said before so now I say again if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you have received in faith by grace let him be accursed for Am I now seeking approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. (laughs) We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Jump over to Galatians 2.15. Yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus. Do you believe? Do you confess Jesus as Lord? Then you are saved. And God's grace is there to save you. And God's grace is there to help you. In order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one is justified. All righteousness, the things we do, are as filthy rags. We cannot earn the favor of God. The favor of God is given freely to us. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down and I prove myself a transgressor, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Live in relationship with God, the creator of the universe. Hi. And I just want you to make each one of you make this your prayer, and this is, should be the motto of your whole life. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Chapter 3, verse 1. O oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed and crucified. Let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing and faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and work miracles among you do so by the work of the law? Or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are sons of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Then we go right on, and I'm not going to do that. But I want you to know, we sing that song, Father Abraham, because we are people of faith, children of faith, because we are saved by faith through grace. And that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest least anyone should boast. Not only are we are saved, but we will continue transformed by grace. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. Verse ten of chapter three. For it is written, "Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and do them." Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. Faith in God. Faith. In Jesus' walk. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the course of the law by becoming a course for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if the law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law. Imprisoned until the coming of faith, Would be revealed. So then the law as our guardian. Until Christ came. In order that we might be. Justified by. Faith. Justified having a right relationship. With God having our sins forgiven. Being in relationship. With God. But now faith has come. We are no longer under the guardian. For Christ Jesus. You are all sons of God. Of in Christ Jesus, you are all what sons of God through faith. Who are you, child of the one true King? Right, a son of God. That is who you are. For as many of you, for as many of you as were baptized in the Christ, have put on Christ. That immersed in Christ. It's not talking about physical baptism. It's talking about being immersed in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Heirs of all things God, everything God has. I mean, that an heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. He's the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the day set by his father. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, all hearts, crying, Abba, Father, tenderness, caring, loving. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an arrow of God, arrow through God, arrow of all God has. Freedom. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. 5 1. For freedom. Freedom. We are free in Christ. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, that you if accept merit by the law, by your own works, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly hope for righteousness. (laughs) Does righteousness come to me now? Instantly. No. Am I reckoned righteous? Yes. Do I still do things wrong? Every day. Every day. I am challenged to walk in relationship with God. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. Neither keeping the law or not keeping the law counts for anything. That's really what he's saying by that. What counts is only faith walking through love. Faith walking through love. I know. Everybody with a checklist mentality is not liking me right now. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. This freedom that we have in grace is to love one another, not to go back to our old ways, not to walk in the flesh, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. My mom used to say, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. It was good advice because I would bite and devour my siblings. And they would bite and devour me. And it, you would usually end up with, because that's the way I used to solve my problems. It doesn't work no bigger than me. But I try. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do, to keep you from living the identity that Christ has called you to live in. They are opposed. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You are not bound by the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sick, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, in, 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 <coughs> enmity, sorry, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, divi- d- dissensions, divisions. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, or those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And the last and the most important, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is what we die to, the passions and desires of the flesh. We do not die to the good things God has given us. We die to the passion and desires of the flesh. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let no one who has taught the Word, we're jumping to uh, chapter 6, verse 6. Let no one who has taught the Word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will which will he also reap. For the one who sows his own in his own f- to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially those who are of the household of faith. Verse 11, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who circumcise do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ. By which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. What do we boast in, church? You know, we boast in the cross of Christ. You know where a boast came from? It, it, it's a word that comes in, it, gets, it came from getting soldiers ready for war. That's where it come from. They would boast. I've got a good, we're strong, there are thousands of us. We have strong hands, sharp spears. We can take them. So when we go out in battle, because we are in battle every day, we don't get up in the morning and boast in ourselves, I got it today. I'm going to have a good attitude. I'm going to do it. I can do it. that how we boast? Some of us do. That's why our culture tells us to boast. You're good. You're great. You got it together. It's like the self-esteem movement. What do we boast in? We boast in the cross of Christ. God, I'm in your grace. (laughs) You love me. You put it all on the line for me, and you're going to work in me today. I boast in the cross of Christ. I boast that you are working. I boast that God is for me, and no one can be against me. Who condemns? No one, because Christ Jesus who died, I boast in Jesus. That's my boast. And that's what gets ready for my day, that God's on my side, and God's going before me, and God's using everything that comes my way to mold me and shape me and conform me into the image of Jesus. It's all boast. That's how we stand in grace. For neither circumcision nor, for neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircum, but a new creation. You guys are new creations in Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. This is your reality that God calls you to step into every day, the grace that he wants you to stand in. As for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Galatians, in a nutshell, stand in grace. We are to stand in grace, not in the law of your own merit. There's all, so much time we think we need to own God's favor, or somehow we need to own the status of being a good Christian. And I, I'm probably guilty of making this happen in the sense that I always walk away with saying, do this, do that, do this. And, and I would just wanted to tell you that I want you to know, know this. This is the one thing that you have to do, have a relationship with God. That's it. That's all it is. Now, can I tell you ways to have a relationship with God? Yes, I can. But does that mean you have to do it that way? No, it doesn't. I look out here, and I see people. I see wonderful people, people of God. And every one of these people are in a relationship of some form or another. We are relational beings. It's, it's in our makeup. In fact, uh, much of our sin that we do is rooted in broken relationship, broken relatability, pornography. Pornography is a huge one that is relationally driven. You have bad relationships, you're going to be tempted to have to try to fulfill it in a bad way through pornography. Sometimes we do it other ways. Sometimes our kids become avenues of mending or trying to cope with our broken relationship. I can tell you one thing that is always right, and that is to pursue a relationship with God. Not to stand in grace, to stand in that relationship with God, not based on your own merit, not based on thinking, oh, now God's happy with me because God is not unhappy with you. He's already with you he's already given you his grace he's already said you're mine now live with me and live with me really when it comes down to live with me in the mundane live with me in getting up in the morning and brushing your teeth flushing the toilet live with me in getting in the car and driving down the road Live with me in getting out and, and going in the walk and, and, and punching that time clock. Live with me in running that piece of equipment, hammering out that widget. Live with me in rush hour. Live with me in cleaning. Live, live with me, do you get the point yet? This is not just the time that we live with God, and it's not just a special time that maybe we set aside every morning. I'm not opposed to anybody setting time aside every morning if that's what you want to do, as long as it's out of love for God and not because you think that that's what a good Christian does. So how do we stand in grace? This is how we live and have relationship with God in the mundane. We kind of have this conversation going on in our head. Most of the stuff we do is not that engaging. I mean, the majority, right? I mean, and and if we're professional at it, uh, even the semi-engaging stuff, the majority of it is not engaging anymore. We've got tricks, you know? We get it figured out in like 30 seconds, right? What the pitch of the roof is, what the level, the grade of that is, uh, how much feed the pigs get, you know, I mean, and even then, when that is a thing that's going on, then talk to God. Hey, look, hey, God, we're, we're making feed. Or oh, hey, God, I got uh, to pull these wires through this conduit, and I need to figure out the math of how many wires I need in the conduit. Hey, I'm cleaning this room. Lord, thank you just for this job. Help me to see the dirt that needs to be seen. Thank you for being here with me. Oh, I'm digging this hole. Lord, thank you for the job of digging the hole. Oh, Lord, thank you for this cool equipment that digs holes for me. Oh, wow, Lord, let's help me interact well with this patient. Lord, this patient needs you. Lord, this patient is in hurt and is in pain. I just pray that your spirit of God would minister to them right now. You see? Bring God in in an ongoing conversation with everything you do. This is how we stand in grace. He is there. He is present. And he's present even when you're doing things wrong. Even when you're messing up, and he's saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Stand in the grace of God. So we walk in the spirit. This is walking in the spirit through relationship, engaging him. And it begins with the mundane, church. It begins with the mundane. You feel like, okay, yeah, I'm good. I only got God in crisis. Then we got trouble. You see, because you're not in habit of knowing he's there. When the valley of the shadow of death comes on you, he's there, but you're not in practice of knowing he's there. So he's there, and his rod and his staff, well, they're comforting you, but they really don't feel the comfort of the rod and staff because you haven't been aware of him there all the time. And our identity in Christ, we are sons, we are children of God, we are justified. We have peace with God. We were sinners. Now we're saints. Saved by grace. So just remember this week. Standing grace. Oh, the beautiful grace of God. Don't let somebody say, yeah, grace, but. And they do it all the time. And we do it in our minds all the time. Grace, but no grace only. Only by grace, in grace, God's favor can't be owned. We we don't have that capacity to be good enough to even begin to appease the holiness of God. But in His grace, He gave us. His favor. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. The favor of God rests upon the children of God. And if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are a child of God and the grace of God is yours. Will you stand in it this week? you stand in that reality, walking in step with the Spirit of God, living in that relationship of love, allowing him to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life? You know, in reality, it's not something like I can say, okay, I'm going to work on this fruit today. That's not the way fruit works. Fruit is something that comes from the inside out something that the Lord does. It's the fruit of Jed. No, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So my walk is to be in relationship. Your walk is to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And watch him bring the fruit of him into your life.